What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like those perfect portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. And how emojis now turn every FaceTime with the kids into fun time. <laughs> in fact, the only thing you'll love more than your iPhone XR is getting it included in the price when you get an unlimited plan. That's right. Get both unlimited and iPhone XR included for just 40 bucks a month. Sure, you can get unlimited somewhere else. But for the same price at T-Mobile, you get unlimited and iPhone XR. Join today and get iPhone XR included with your unlimited plan for just 40 bucks a line for four new lines. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. $30 for essentials plus $10 for iPhone XR with auto pay and qualifying trade-ins via 36 bill credits. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using more than 50 gigs per month. Video at 480p for well-qualified buyers plus taxes and fees. Contact us before canceling or remaining balances due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. Zero down plus $20.84 per month for 36 months. Full price $749.99, 0% APR. Welcome to another episode of The Hardwood Knox. This is Adam Frommel here with Dan Favalli and Andy Bailey. Today we're going to talk about some of the extreme teams in the NBA. We have the Golden State Warriors, who are 14-0, about to play the Denver Nuggets for the chance to become the third team in NBA history with a 15-0 start. And on the flip side, we have the Philadelphia 76ers, who yet again haven't won at the beginning of the season. This is actually their second straight time going 0-13 at the beginning of the year. They're the first team in NBA history to do that, which is terrible and doesn't really speak well to what they're trying to do right now. So, Dan, first question here is, which is going to happen first? Are the 76ers going to win a game, or are the Warriors going to lose? Um, it has to be the 76ers are going to win a game. They've played a couple of games that are pretty tight, where they probably could have won if a couple things went their way, specifically against the Cavaliers, surprisingly. But The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like those perfect portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. And how emojis now turn every FaceTime with the kids into fun time. In fact, the only thing you'll love more than your iPhone XR is getting it included in the price when you get an unlimited plan. That's right. Get both unlimited and iPhone XR included for just 40 bucks a month. Sure, you can get unlimited somewhere else. But for the same price at T-Mobile, you get unlimited and iPhone XR. Join today and get iPhone XR included with your unlimited plan for just 40 bucks a line for four new lines. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. $30 for essentials plus $10 for iPhone XR with auto pay and qualifying trade-ins via 36 bill credits. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using more than 50 gigs per month. Video at 480p for well-qualified buyers plus taxes and fees. Contact us before canceling or remaining balances due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. Zero down plus $20.84 per month for 36 months. Full price $749.99, 0% APR. I think this is more about Golden State being too damn good. Uh, I mean, you know, they're going to have some tough games. And, but look, let's look at their schedule. When do we think the Warriors are going to lose their first game? I think that's the more specific question. They're going to lose it after the Sixers win their first, but you look at the Warriors' schedule, and Bailey, when is, there, when is the game that they're going to lose? So we were just talking about this before we came on the air. It's, as you go through game by game, 
the Warriors' schedule, every team you just think, oh, yeah, they're better than them. They're better than them. They're better than them. So you have to start thinking about like what circumstantially would benefit whoever they're playing. And we were thinking maybe second out of a back-to-back, end of a road trip, something like that. <laughs> it, I mean, basically everything has to be stacked against them to have some sort of a trap game to lose. And there, there are a couple options coming up. Uh, they have a huge road trip coming up starting on November 30th, and then they don't go home again until December 12th. And it looks like there are seven games on that road trip. So I'm going to say something in there and just, I, I don't know, erring on the side of uh, against history. I'm going to say the Raptors on December 5th, which seems, <laughs> it seems Too like sure. a stretch to me. Yeah, <laughs> which is crazy. So before, like, like you said, uh, we were talking about this, and I kind of thought it was going to be the Milwaukee Bucks on December 12th. Reason being, that's the last game on that, that road trip, the seven-game road trip, and it comes on a back-to-back where they played Boston the night before. So that is feasibly a pretty tough game. But now I'm looking at Milwaukee's schedule, and that game against the Warriors comes one night after they play in Toronto. So oh. it's also a back-to-back for the Bucks, which means that I can't confidently predict the Warriors losing there. So it might not happen until like Christmas Day when they play the Cavaliers, and even then, that's tough to pick. <laughs> That's... For me, I, I do think you go to Christmas just because it's the Cavaliers. Maybe Kyrie will be back, though I feel like he won't be. But LeBron will probably just get up and Kevin Love because it's Christmas. But Wait. you look at the games the Cavaliers play, like leading into that, and like they have two of their previous three games are pretty tough matchups against OKC and then the Knicks, who have played them really well for, for their first two contests. So. It's it's just tough, but I think just because it's a finals rematch, that would be the first game in my mind, Holy even cow. looking like, hey, maybe they will lose. So we're thinking not until Christmas? I might actually <laughs> even go deeper than that, because looking at their post-Christmas oh schedule, gosh. it gets pretty easy again. And then you know, the, the, there's a three-game stretch on the road in the middle of January where they play Detroit, Cleveland, and Chicago all the way from Oracle Arena. And that might be when I feel like they can't possibly make it that far here's here's my pushback on that and i man like it's crazy to say this but maybe it's not crazy that they go till christmas without losing because they're that much better than everybody but they have been they have been a little bit more loose the last few games like they went to overtime against the nets they struggled with toronto only won by five um they only beat the clippers by seven but the clippers are a good team they, they were kinda, also outscored by 23 at one point in that game. So they really, if you think about it, just want it by a ton more. Yeah, and it's to me they're kind of becoming like, like a souped-up version. Do you remember the Lakers towards the end of their run? They wouldn't really try in the regular season, but every, they could just turn it on and kill anybody whenever they wanted to. And that's see, that's kinda, the difference here. That's the difference is that this team does want to turn it on because we've well, heard I'm them saying, say – that 15 and 0 actually matters to them and after yeah. they get 15 and 0 they're probably going to want to keep that going and what's what's the all-time record what like I was, 32 in a row I think it's yeah, yeah. what I was going to say though is that they have they have the ability to flip that switch like the Lakers did but they will do it within individual games like after that Clippers game I looked up the net ratings by quarter of that game and I think they were like a minus 60 something in the first quarter minus 2 in the second quarter 
And then in the third, they were plus 35. In the fourth, they were plus 60-something. So, like, in the middle of a game when they're getting killed, they can, they can come together and be like, hey, we're still not going to lose this game and just go on some preposterous run against a team that – how many wins did the Clippers have last year? High 50s? Mm-hmm. Mid-50s? <laughs> they can turn it on against a great team like that, and it's, it's insane to watch. Like, even when they were down whatever they were to the Clippers, I remember thinking – they're going to win. Over. Yeah, <laughs> it's insane. There was no point that I thought they were going to lose that game. There was none. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of in the same boat. Now, let's go, let me go on the hyperbolic side that I actually don't think is too ridiculous. If having watched some of every team this season and a lot of some more others, I don't see – you can't get me to pick against the Warriors in any game, honestly, but I'm looking at their schedule – and, like, the only game that might potentially worry me doesn't come until the 25th of January when they first play the Spurs. Just because yep. the Spurs have been really good while they're still a work in progress. Their defense is fantastic, and you just think, wow, where are the Spurs going to be in two months? Because they're actually, statistically, San Antonio's off to one of its five best starts of the Tim Duncan era, which is pretty impressive. So, again, I wouldn't favor them against the Warriors, but I just look at the Warriors' schedule and, hey, maybe you want to pick that New Year's Eve game against Houston because it's away and it's on a back-to-back. But the Rockets have been terrible. Maybe you want to pick that home game against the Heat or going to Cleveland uh, on January 18th or something. I just can't talk myself into any game being a threat until they meet the Spurs on the 25th, not even a Cavaliers game on Christmas. Yeah, I mean, along those same lines, like, I, I don't think we can reasonably predict that they're undefeated that deep into the season because it every be team is going to have games. an off night. But yeah, I mean, what, what you're saying is that you're looking at, a, at, at the schedule and picking one game where you might actually pick against the Warriors. And for me, ridiculous as it's going to sound, I don't think that happens until March 19th, their 69th <laughs> game of the season. And they're playing at San Antonio on a back-to-back. So that might be the first time where I'm confident in like actually picking the other team in a vacuum. Obviously, they're going to lose a game before then. But Are we all... Now, I know we all came up with different predictions and we sort of revised them, I think, in our previous podcast. Are we all in agreement that the Warriors are going to break the 72-win Bulls' record? I'm there. I, hey, I already said it. I know. I, Adam was I think Adam and that. I said it on the last podcast and Andy was skeptical. I, I think Adam said it. it first when he was like doing the season predictions. He was like, I'm going to go 70 or 72. Did you hear what Dennis Rodman said about that? He's that was idiot. just stupid. <laughs> it made that absolutely no bacon. sense. <laughs> if, they went, if they go 81 and 1, we did it we first. We did it first. No, you didn't. <laughs> that made no sense. That is objectively false. That made Ron Harper's rant seem like logical and coherent. Are they like, are these players drunk? Former players drunk when they ask him, like, Ron Harper's like, we would sweep them. Well, no, we probably wouldn't. Like, They're just like I, Uncle I Rico the from issue, Napoleon Dynamite. I think the issue is that Rodman has been hanging out in North Korea where they're willing to alter history <laughs> to suit their own purposes. Could be. You, I think you could be onto something there. Now, so, Bailey, where are you at? Are the Warriors going to win 72-plus games? <laughs> I Just man, say yes. No, I'm going to say... I'm going to say high 60s still. This pro- okay. well, here's, here's my thing. Here's my thing. If you, break, if you break the season down into 12-game segments, I know, it's hard. there are essentially seven of them. <laughs> and if you lose only one game in each of those segments, they've already gotten through the first one unscathed. Yeah, that's true. They're going to go 75 and 7. 
Do you actually think that they're going to lose more than one game every dozen? Man. <laughs> and the and the other That's thing That's a is, really good way no, to break no it down, longer, honestly. But we're no longer looking at like winning 73 games because they no longer have to. They have to go 59 and 9 for the rest of the year. That's which seems much point. more reasonable. <laughs> Yeah, that's the other I'm thing. You, you, came, picture them you came to this nine. much more prepared than I did. <laughs> I'm going to convince you on this one. Man. Um, when, when are you going to – what would it take for you to say that they're going to win? Is it, are, do you me, just think they're not going to go for it? Because I think no, they've made I it pretty think, clear that they're going to go for it. I do feel like they're going for it. I also feel like – I hate to say this, but uh, what happens to them if one of their like four main guys goes down for like a month or something, even just a month? Then all of a well, sudden, it's a lot you... harder to see seventy three then. But it's still a team that's built to to survive any absence, but really Curry's probably. Yeah, I would say Curry's and Draymond's. Yeah, Draymond as well. Um, the thing is, is can we really say that though? Like I like we always say, okay, if the Warriors stay healthy. So if the Warriors stay healthy, what is going to stop them from winning? 73 games. Yeah, but I think that health is like a, it's a very, like it's something that you have to consider in the NBA. And the fact that See, they got through all of last season without anything happening, it's like the law of averages is going to catch up to them. Well, at the my, same my, time, Bo gets already missed time, and Festus has already shown he can step up. And it's like Adam said, there are two players that you can't lose. Curry hasn't been injured in years. Green has never really been injured. And they're in the thick of their primes. There's no reason for them. There's no reason for us to suspect Thompson that those hasn't really guys been can't either. stay healthy. What? Thompson my hasn't thing on this, really though, been hurt either. My thing on this I mean, is that last year we points. had all the reports. <laughs> we had all the reports about how they were using this new technology to find fatigue levels and rest players advantageously during practices and shoot arounds, and it really helped them stay healthy. And I think there's a lot of merit to that yeah, because that's kind of the unexplored analytic frontier that they're ahead of the curve on, and it's helping them stay healthier. So, yeah, there could be a fluke injury, but I think that they are really adept at managing their players and knowing when to rest them, not even in games, but in practices, to keep them as healthy as possible. Because we do know that most injuries occur when fatigue is an issue. Do you know what also helps? I think, and this might be too advanced, not having to play your best players in most of your fourth quarters. Well, that hasn't really been the case this season. Yeah, that hasn't happened lately. Uh, it's happened a bunch, really. They're, they're playing in the fourth quarter, but what is, with the exception of like the Clippers game, the Nets game got a little ridiculous. This isn't a team that's had to trot out you know, Stephen Curry or Draymond Green for 12 minutes. Yeah, fourth that's, quarter. I, w- I was it, about to say that Curry usually only plays about the last six minutes. Yeah. And fourth, I would, so I would argue still... that he's probably averaging like six minutes or less per fourth quarter. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, he's, so, he's not really sitting out entire fourth quarters like he did last season, but you have a point there. He's, he's certainly playing less than a lot of superstars would in the fourth. Just saying. So basically what we're saying, Andy, is that you're wrong. <laughs> and I very well could be. It's, just, the, like, it's so hard to wrap my mind around. The only logical answer would be if, at this point, beyond injuries would be, are they just going to decide to rest players down the stretch sort of as they did last year? Yeah. Um, Which I don't. I, I think that you guys are right. They look like they've made up their mind. that they. I think, and you know what I honestly think did it? And I wrote this already. I think over the summer, when you have guys like Kyrie Irving saying, we would have beat them if we were healthy. The Clippers you have James too. Harden declaring he's the MVP. You have Ty Lawson, of all people, criticizing Stephen Curry's <laughs> offense. You have Doc Rivers not necessarily calling the, 
Warriors lucky, but insinuating that they were a little bit lucky because they didn't have to play the Clippers, who are choke artists. It really <laughs> and are seemed, now 0-2 against them this season. Yeah, it seemed that it just lit a fire under them. And, you know, maybe championship fatigue would have never been an issue with this team. You can argue from a physical standpoint, they didn't have to play the first 82 games of last year at full bore, so their players aren't really tired. But the mental barrier, and it seems like the other teams helped them clear it, which is just ridiculous. No, yeah. I, I completely agree. But I do want to kind of switch gears, too, because we wanted to talk about the Sixers as well. And I'll Who? frame this with another question. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the Warriors are 14-0 right now. Let's say that they don't win another game for the rest of the season. Do they still have more wins than the Sixers end up with? Oh, yes. interesting question. <laughs> I'm going to say yes, too, actually. This, this team is it's somehow even worse than when Sam Hinkie, like, first obliterated it it's just it's It's absolutely getting out of control and you know let's let's play this game we think there are what about you adam you you agree that they're going to win under 14 14 or absolutely absolutely continue when are they going to win their first game i think we were in agreement that maybe it's december 1st against the lakers yeah i think that history is going to make that happen just because no team has ever gone worse than 0 and 18 to start a season and that's the game where they're finally playing at home against a cupcake team to avoid going 0 and 19. So if there's, fair, any, Kobe's coming if there's home, any game they're going to be up for. Um, after that, when are they going to win their second game, though? You look Never. maybe Brooklyn. <laughs> and even then, like that's in Brooklyn, and Brooklyn has a couple of real NBA players like Brooke Lopez and Thaddeus Young and. <laughs> And I know that sounds laughable, but who who's a real no, NBA no, player on the, the Sixers that's besides the thing Noem's about Noel? These Sixers, though, they have Noel, they have Jaleel Okafor, they have guys like Robert Covington, TJ McConnell has looked good. This team should be so much better than last year's version, and they're know. just not. The defense has regressed. They're scoring like seven points for 100 possessions less than every other team in the NBA. It's a complete disaster. And they actually have NBA players this year. Part of it has to be that, and I know they've tried to stagger the minutes, but that Noel-Okafor um, pairing has not looked good. Yeah, like, I even don't think slightly. they gel together very well. I think in today's NBA, you've got to have at least one guy that can shoot if you're going to have two bigs out there like that. And they don't really. Mm-mm. I mean, Okafor can maybe stretch it out to, what, 15? But that's not enough. Especially when nobody else in your it's lineup not can like shoot. That. They They're don't have shooter. any other players to replace them. Yeah. Well, the one guy that they have starting that's supposed to be like the floor spacer is Nick Stauskas. Have you guys seen his shooting percentages this season? He's been terrible. They are abysmal. He's taken – I, I got to look this up because I don't want to say something that's false. But um, the last time I checked, he was taking 10 shots a game and shooting like 31%. And now – Okay, so he's taking 10.3 shots a game, shooting 33% from the field. Uh, he's taking six and a half threes and shooting 28% from three. Ouch. <laughs> he's like the volume shooter of the team. Um, and even in the front court, there are no options because, like, last night they tried to match up with a smaller Charlotte Hornets lineup by using Robert Covington in the starting lineup instead of Noel. I was going to say something about Covington. Is, ugh. Like he's like I he have was nothing kind to of, say about that. He looked like he might be trending towards becoming like a stretch big for them because he shot thirty-seven percent from three last season. You know what he's shooting this season from three? 
Negative eight. Zero <laughs> percent. He's zero for eighteen. Now that was close. <laughs> circling back to the suspicion that I've had based off the eye test, um, Okafor and Noel are ranked seventh in terms of minutes among two man combinations for the Sixers. What is their net rating? This is, I love this question. Uh, well, considering <laughs> the, the net, the the Sixers as a whole have a minus fifteen point two net rating. <laughs> so I'm going to guess that it's like minus twenty five. I'll say minus twenty. All right, Adam was too high. Bale was too low. Negative twenty three point six. So Adam was technically wow. closer. They Woo! are together. How many they minutes are, have they played together? Uh, Two hundred twenty one. That's a wow. pretty big sample. Yeah, that's size. huge. So. Their offense, their defense actually isn't horrible. It's still, it's still pretty bad when those two are on the floor. It's their offense, eighty-one point five offensive rating. That's I, absurdly I, bad. I think a lot of people look at Okafor and think he's a great offensive player, and I think that might have been true fifteen, twenty years ago. But I don't know if his game, I don't know if it makes you a good offensive team nowadays. Well, there's that. There's also in his defense, and I wasn't high on him at all, but. He doesn't have anyone to pass to. Like, you just watch him and just, like, yeah, teams true. are throwing double and triple teams on him already, and he's a rookie, and he's scoring okay. He just doesn't have anyone to dump the ball off, so he's not going to make those around him better. That's just not going to happen. That's a good point. I'm going to defend him as well, uh, also because there's no one to get him the ball either. <laughs> you know, he, he has to McConnell, create. Adam, I thought that was your boy. <laughs> He's looked okay, but I mean, this this is a team that's still He's a defensive so disaster. Turnover McConnell problems. himself. Yeah, there uh, are so many turnover problems here. They had like thirty-one the other night, which is one of the worst totals uh, in a couple of years. Actually, and, oh, I mean, I wonder what when, the when, worst when, turnover percentage ever is for a team. They're going to be close, but it's almost like Okafor feels whenever he has the ball that he has to make something happen because if he gives it up, no one's going to score and they're probably just going to cough it up to the other team. So it's pretty hard to evaluate him on this team. But that's the issue. Like This is supposed to be an evaluation season where we're seeing some signs of tangible progress, and there aren't any. If I'm Dario Saric, there's no way in hell I'm (laughs) this team. That's kind of been the problem with the Sixers and every one of their young players. It's impossible to evaluate any of them. Like People who were high on Michael Carter-Williams for the couple years that he was there, and now you see... What he's become in Milwaukee, like how do we know what Okafor is? You're, we don't, I don't know how you're won't. supposed to. Yeah, know. Um, they have to break up that um, big man thing. And by the way, unless I'm mistaken, right now Bailey, the Sixers aren't even on pace to have one of the 100 I, worst turnover percentages in league history. I just, where did you look that up? Because I just looked it up too. Basketball Reference. I went to Basketball Reference individual season, and they're 28th worst, 17.3. What did I do wrong? The worst ever was the 76-77 Nuggets, Nuggets. 18.8%. I just did a quick team season finder. No, that's what I did I'm going to side with Andy here. (laughs) I mean, he's probably right now I'm thinking about it, but I don't see... I got 15, 16, 16, 28. Yeah, I missed it. They're 28. All right. Which is only... And they're getting worse. Yeah, and they're only... Last couple of games Think of it this way. They're only 1.5%. Better than the worst ever. Um, when do you fire Hanky? I, I, I mean, you can't. People want to. I know we were talking to I, Alec Nathan. We love him over here. And he told me on 
the other night that he was even like, they should just can him now, and he might have been caught up in the moment, but you're sort of committed to it through this year. But if you come out and you're still one of the two or three worst teams in basketball next year when you have extra picks, when you presumably have Saric and you presumably have Embiid, how do you not can him, you know, 10 games into the season next year? Like, isn't he at that point where, like, it's this year and then it's it? Like, there needs to be some measurable progress. I agree. And one last point about the turnovers. Over their last five games, they have a 19.2 turnover percentage. Andy, I don't know if you still have it pulled up, but I, I would assume that that might be one of the absolute worst. It would be the uh, worst. It would be the yeah. worst if it there we go. that way, yeah. As for Hinky, I mean, like, like I said earlier, like this was supposed to be a season where we're seeing some progress, and the opposite has happened. They have more NBA-caliber pieces. The defense is going in the wrong direction, and that was kind of their calling card if they even had one. Last year, but I don't. I just don't know how you continue justifying this product. I think because this is what three straight years of absolutely terrible basketball. There's no reason for anyone in Philadelphia to go watch, and whether you think that that matters or not, at some point it sh- it has to because you can't you can't justify taking five years before you even start getting better. Yeah, I've, I'm I'm with you guys. I I would assume they'll give him through this summer because they've collected all those first round picks that they will presumably use this summer, but who knows? He could package all of them in Jaleel Okafor for a first rounder in five years or something. Um, but I, I feel like this has got to be the last straw at some point as an ownership team, you have to think we, it's just weird to own a professional sports team and not try to win for year after year after year. It just doesn't make sense. Now, here's sort of a fun closing question. Uh, do the Warriors have more losses, or do the Sixers have more wins this year? Wow. Before I answer that, I just want to say about Hinky that I don't want them to fire him. I want them to trade him to another team for a second-round pick with so many protections <laughs> it will never be conveyed. <laughs> no team's going to want him. Like, no, Hinkie's... they can just cut him. I mean, that's what happens with the players anyway. Just no, make I'm him just like saying... the assistant to the assistant or something. <laughs> I'm just basically saying, like, Hinky, if this doesn't even work out a little bit, like, his career is over. Like, he's, he's betting his whole career on this at this point. He'll, I, I think somebody will value the fact that he knows how to collect assets. But if you have him at a lower position, you can just say, no, Sam, that trade is insane. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean... Certainly, there's something to be said for uh, how many first round picks do they have this summer? They All could have up to four, I think. Just so, I'm, I mean, I, I'm not really supporting him, but I don't again, think he'll. What I, what I would agree with you, Dan, is I don't think that he'll be a GM again after. My this. whole thing is he has the ammunition. But like he is misfiring all over the place, and that's probably the best way to describe uh, where the Sixers are at right now. Is they they've do- they have enough assets that they should be better. That's yet- true. Think about so, it this way: like think about some other teams in recent history that had lottery pick after lottery pick, like the Thunder a few years ago. They landed each time. The Jazz kind of landed each time with lottery pick after lottery pick. They've had all these top five picks and which ones can we say for sure have landed for Philly? I, <laughs> Maybe Noel, silence. but he doesn't Comes look great. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. Noel might be the best case, but I'm not even a hundred percent sure about him. 
and they gotta they gotta they gotta start making. Tr- There's no way they can go into next season with all four of Dario Saric, Noel, Okafor, and Embiid on the roster because Saric isn't even really a, yeah. a good floor spacing four. Something He's not a good shooter yet. I don't think so, Embiid's ever gonna play a game for him. That's interesting. What do you think they're gonna deal him? That or, or this he's not stuff have a is just going to keep happening, yeah. That's fair. Um, so I guess to circle back to the question, will the Warriors have more wins or will the, uh, will the Warriors have more losses or will the Sixers have more wins? I'm gonna I think go... it's definitely the Sixers having more wins because yeah, I yeah. firmly believe that the Warriors are going to end up with single-digit losses. And if you look through all of NBA history, only one team has ever failed to win 10 games. Or, uh, yeah, 10 games. And that's the 72-73 Philadelphia 76ers, who went 9-73. and So it's, it seems almost impossible that this is going to be the worst team in NBA history because they do have more talent. And eventually they're going to figure some things out. And I do believe that Brett Brown is a good coach who is going to help them make some sort of progress during the season. So they, they can finish around 11 or 12 wins, and that's going to be more than the Warriors will lose. I think they'll get to like 14 or 15 wins, which is which could be comfortably more than the Warriors' losses. Yeah, I'll probably say the Warriors will have fewer losses than the Sixers have wins. I'm with you both there, which is kind of crazy to think about. But Very. Oh, yeah. On that crazy note, it is once again time for... It's about bacon. 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 Gotta be bacon. Only one thing smells like bacon. That's bacon. Yes, Burns My Bacon is back, and I'm the one who is hot today. I'm going to talk about Kevin McHale, the Houston Rockets, and crap shows. The Rockets are a bad basketball team, and Kevin McHale at this point seems like an unjust scapegoat. I know there were a lot of people that wanted the Rockets to sort of can him before last season, and he does have these moments when he's giving interviews where he sounds like Byron Scott with the things he's saying. Toughen up. Back-to-backs don't matter. Well, where he sounds like... Just kidding. Keep going. He's been been super open to change in terms of what the Rockets have done with their offense, which has just looked awful playing Maury Ball of late. And how is this on him? Like, I just don't... I understand you can't fire the players, and this is probably one of those situations where, hey, they need change for the sake of change. But James Harden and Dwight Howard are two of the worst leaders the NBA has ever seen. And I honestly can't believe how bad James Harden is how passive he seems off the court, given where he came from in OKC, where you have Durant and Westbrook and even Ibaka, who are vocal as hell. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And Dwight Howard is so bad. This is Bickerstaff is his ninth coach, right? I think I saw that somewhere. Ninth coach in 12 seasons or 11 seasons. And his second Bickerstaff. So it's just like, <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like, this is awful. And if I'm the Rockets... And I, I alluded to this over the summer. I'm cutting bait with Howard this summer if he enters free agency. I don't want him. My defense doesn't need him that much. Get him the hell out. I'm already going to have enough problems building around James Harden, who can't lead for BS. So, and maybe he'll grow. Maybe he'll take this as a message that he needs to step up. Maybe he'll take ownership of what the Rockets are doing and some of their mistakes. Maybe he'll stop saying he should have been the MVP last year when he actually wasn't. But I look at this team and it is devoid of true leadership. Jason Terry's probably the best leader, and now that he's going on 50 years old, that's probably not <laughs> ideal for them. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty fired up about this. I'm 100% with you. And I, when I first heard that he was fired, my thought was, 
What did you expect when you assembled maybe the most toxic locker room situation in the NBA? I thought maybe Howard and Harden had kind of turned a corner last season, but the first couple weeks of this year is every indication to the opposite. And then they add Ty Lawson to it, who (laughs) I I don't want to get too far into his personal issues, but the fact is there are some there, yeah. And you add that to, to Harden and Howard and... (laughs) <laughs> what were they expecting? It's just crazy to me. So I was actually on board with getting rid of Mikhail last season, like Dan alluded to. Um, but I think that the timing of this move was ridiculous. And I'm curious if you guys think this, which came while Terrence Jones and Mati Yunus and Howard had been hurt and Harden forgot how to shoot and Ty Lawson hasn't worked at all, is worse or better than the Kings firing Mike Malone last year when DeMarcus Cousins was out sick and they were actually a good team before this that is, happened. This isn't as bad as the Malone firing. I that think it's way, equally that bad. Was worse. Uh, you just extended Mikhail. I mean, I guess you just hired Malone. Yeah, Malone was like brand new. That, that was his first head coaching gig, right? I'm going to side with Malone being worse too just because DeMarcus Cousins is not exactly easy to get along with and that was the first coach he really liked yeah i was gonna say that's the only time it's kind of worked between him and a coach that was Um, a panic move like can we just run nba teams like can we i guess like (laughs) i'm gonna have to side with you guys because the kings were actually good when they fired malone and the rockets suck and they fired mikhail so i think it's just easier to justify hey we were four and seven bye as opposed to hey we're above 500 when we're healthy bye so I'll be with you, but I don't the know. The crazy thing about these Rockets now is just how apathetic they still look. Yeah, you know, you would think that making a coaching change would light a little bit of a spark, but this last game against, against Memphis, they just looked so sluggish. He, Harden just he, looks like Harden, he doesn't care yeah. at all. It's, I don't think he does. Yeah. yeah. And I was listening to... Uh, he already won MVP, field. remember? Yeah. The player's MVP. I was listening to Simmons' podcast. I didn't watch the Rockets-Grizzlies game, but he might have been talking about the Celtics game, actually. And he was saying that there were several times that Harden went down and teammates wouldn't even help him up. And they wouldn't give him high fives when he went to the free throw line. Like, it's, it's, it's looking more Anthony and more like people don't want to play with him. Of a rap. Exactly. And that, yeah, that's crazy. You know what needs to happen? Harden what? needs Harden needs <laughs> to shave his beard. Man, I've been saying that for like... <laughs> he needs to become a new player. I have a friend uh, from Houston. He uh, played basketball in college, and I talked to him about basketball a lot. And he always says, <laughs> I cannot take the Rockets seriously until their two best players shave their Mohawks. <laughs> Which I always think is kind of funny. Uh, but I'm with you on the beard, for sure. It's bad I think luck. What, what really needs to happen is... I don't think you can have the two of them on the same team. And I think you need to bring in another star who is capable of leading because it's clearly not James yeah. Harden. And you even look at, like, last year he was great, but, like, it wasn't like the Rockets' offense was great. It was mediocre at best. So yeah. he, he can be a phenomenal basketball player, but you can't win with both of these guys and no one else. Like, think about if they had signed Chris Bosh. They might be okay right now because he's pretty vocal. Do you guys know that he is still... Like, I don't know if he's dating or just partying or hanging out with Khloe Kardashian through all this, too. I'm so <laughs> reluctant to blame Whatever. the Kardashians just because yeah. 
Well, I here is, <laughs> I love it, Whatever. first of all, uh, <laughs> but here is the thing. It just seems to me like, I don't know, some, maybe he's more into celebrity now. Like, <sighs> Dude, I think it's also, if we want to talk, you're saying it looks like he doesn't care. There's a sense of complacency that probably comes with contending for MVP, making the Western Conference Finals, and signing a $200-plus shoe deal. Yeah. Like, that's the difference. That's the difference between Harden and all of the other superstars in the league. You look at Curry, who came back this season with tighter handles and maybe an even better shot. You look yeah. at LeBron, who manages to add a new piece to his game every offseason. You look at Kobe, who constantly works on his footwork. I mean, granted, not the last couple of years when he's gotten so old, but every, <laughs> every great player wants to get better. I don't think that he cares. Can we even look at the bare minimum here uh, in terms of leadership or just superstars? And I probably shouldn't be saying this being in New York. Carmelo Anthony, has it ever looked like he doesn't care? His methodology playing style might be flawed. He may be greedy and he, he may sort of lie when he says certain things. But has it ever looked once like he doesn't actually care? We're asking for the no. bare minimum. Only on defense. And he's not doing it. What'd you say? <laughs> Only on defense. Hey, I have a question. This is watch this, this might, season. He's defended. Crazy. <laughs> this might sound crazy, but are we <laughs> are we nearing a point where the Thunder maybe didn't lose that trade? No, because no, no. having James Harden <laughs> as your third or fourth best player uh, okay. is great. Yeah, that's a good point. And we probably and again the Rockets were phenomenal last year. I think if you. They might have gotten lucky, but if you just bring in, they'll be fine, really. They're going to have cap space if you bring in another guy so, who can okay. actually lead. And, if, and you think, if you think Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook are going to let any star be apathetic yeah, under their watch, no, 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 no. So maybe the point this, is you cannot build a team around James Harden. And Dwight Howard. I, I, again, I think... You still think if, you can build it around Harden? You don't, you, you don't want yeah, him I mean, like imagine, second? Imagine if you swapped like Dwight Howard for like Tim Duncan. Or yeah. Chris Bosh, even. Like... So, so it's just it's a matter of that. If you're talking, you can't build a locker room around James Harden. You can't build a culture around James yeah. Harden. You can build a team. Do you know where this probably hurts the Rockets, though? What? You can build a bad culture. You <laughs> can build a culture. Well, yeah, that's our... We, you need an adjective in there. <laughs> you can't build a semi-decent, even half-assed culture around okay. James Harden. Um, do you know where this season's really going to hurt them? I still believe, sort of, but I believed even more strongly leading into the year, they were going to be one of the biggest threats to signing Kevin Durant uh, this summer. If you're him, That's you're looking at this, and you're, you don't want to touch that crap with a 10-foot yeah, pole. Definitely not. It's totally just, agree. It's starting to look more and more to me like he's just going to stay in OKC. I think it's up to Westbrook, really. If Westbrook won't commit to Oklahoma, if he won't be like, hey, I'm coming back, I think yeah. that will change the uh, trajectory of Durant's free agency. Then he's going home. Play with Wall and Beal. That'd be also stupid, but yeah, it's fine. <laughs> They're both going to the Lakers. Well, that makes sense. Let's just assume <laughs> that right now. And I think at this point, we just need to stop talking. <laughs> I think we got a little over time. <laughs> I'll keep going. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep going all night, but, uh, or day, whatever it is. I, I haven't looked outside in a little bit. Um <laughs> Seasons have changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, what year is it? If you want to talk to us about the Warriors or the Sixers or what turned into a third segment of the podcast, the Houston Rockets, you can find Adam on Twitter at Frommel09, F-R-O-M-A-L-09. 
Dan is at Dan Favale, F-A-V-A-L-E. I'm at Andrew D. Bailey. All three of us are at Hardwood Knox. Uh, if you follow us there, you've seen our little picks against the spread exercise. It has not been pretty lately. <laughs> Hopefully we can uh, pick that up, get back to 500. I think Dan's the winner right now. Maybe you guys can tell us what happens to the loser on Twitter or something. Um, oh <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> Make sure you Why guys subscribe you to us on... What was that, Dan? Why do you hate yourself and us? <laughs> well, we don't have to take the suggestions. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes. Favorite us on Stitcher. Shout out Bino Udry. The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like those perfect portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. And how emojis now turn every FaceTime with the kids into fun time. <laughs> In fact, the only thing you'll love more than your iPhone XR is getting it included in the price when you get an unlimited plan. That's right. Get both unlimited and iPhone XR included for just 40 bucks a month. Sure, you can get unlimited somewhere else. But for the same price at T-Mobile, you get unlimited and iPhone XR. Join today and get iPhone XR included with your unlimited plan for just 40 bucks a line for four new lines. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. $30 for essentials plus $10 for iPhone XR with auto pay and qualifying trade-ins via 36 bill credits. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using more than 50 gigs per month. Video at 480p for well-qualified buyers plus taxes and fees. Contact us before canceling or remaining balances due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. Zero down plus $20.84 per month for 36 months. Full price $749.99, 0% APR. Napa know-how. This month, at your local Napa Auto Care Center, when you get a premium oil change with a cabin air filter, you also get a $15 mail-in rebate, which means the pros do the job and you get paid. Wait, what? Get your premium oil change and a cabin air filter and save 15 bucks at Napa Auto Care. Quality parts installed by the pros. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Care Centers. Offer ends 4 Nobody builds 5G. Like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.